Hey guys, this is Ayush and I'm back again with another podcast episode. Today we have PG Aditya. If you are a creative person or if you are a freelancer or if you run an agency, this person and this podcast is a gem for you. He was the chief creative officer of Denso Web Chutney, which is one of the most impactful creative agencies that we have right now in India. Now, after all these years, he has started up again, started his own company, Talented.Agency, and they are behind some of the most viral ads in the recent times. This includes this amazing Tanishq campaign as well. There is so much to learn from this podcast episode. If you as a creative agency owner or a freelancer have found this episode, do not watch this and do not share this with your friends because this is too valuable. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the CNTC show. We have PG with us, the CCO of the year. CCO of the year. <laughs> I saw Gotham's tweet that you, you guys didn't know for three, four days that this has been announced. Uh, no, man. So we kind of like kind of knew, but um, I think um, I think we decided to talk about it only like a couple of days later. Like we had a couple okay. of other things going on hmm. during the week. So uh, no, but yeah, it's it's. Um, it's good. I'm, I'm, I think it's a like it's a funny story though. So in terms of how these uh, I think award rankings work, people wise. So uh, if you're in for a little boring trivia, hmm. um, so how award like especially like global shows award rankings are in like they're not awarding you as a person as much as your work has hmm. scored the most basically in the show. So you you get whatever points kind of go with that, and. Um, the piece of work which we submitted, which was our, um, which was my, a large part of my founding team, our swan song at our previous jobs at Web Chutney. Um, this campaign was called the Unfiltered History Tour with uh, Vice News. Mm. So that's the one that's been kind of doing really well at shows across and it did really well at uh, the one show as well. And it amassed, I think, 134 points, okay, which is kind of dispersed amongst like a bunch of golds, a bunch of silvers, mm. one Grand Prix, all of that, right? The thing is, everyone who's credited um, gets to share those points. Oh, okay, so okay. I, my tally as a person became 134. Um, uh, to my creative directors, Benaifer and Abbas, and uh, my ECD, uh, Ashwin, all of us shared this 134 goal right but 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 funnily enough um, the competition at the creative director level mm. is mad okay so the top scoring creative is at some 300 and something okay she or he is like scored that much okay okay but at the ECD and the CCO level the top was just 138 okay so <laughs> I actually kind of got lucky because mm. like all of us have like whatever like we're in the like top like 40, 50 types, hmm. but clearly the creative directors are vastly outperforming their CCOs because <laughs> I get to do the same thing and I, and I, and I get to become CCO of the year right, along with, with the rest of the team, right? So, so it's, it's, uh, it's worth kind of telling on, on, on that front, but, um, but no, that's, that's for, for the audience, CCO is chief creative, chief officer. creative officer, chief creative. Do you, do you miss that chutney? Uh, terribly. Yeah, terribly. I think uh, it was, um, uh, I started out there as copywriter, hmm. 2012. Uh, oh, wow. So very exception to our generation kind of a thing, right? Hmm. Nine and a half, ten years in, in, in that job. Um, and um, I think, so from, from that perspective, and I don't think entrepreneurship 
uh, was ever part of the journey. Uh, if I'm not wrong, and I don't know how much this is worth, but the first time I'm telling this on camera, evidently there is a family curse, okay, that my great-grandfather okay. had was on the receiving end of in 1950 for some nonsense that he pulled off back then. Hmm. And very strangely, my grandfather was like the last successful entrepreneur in the family, great-grandfather, hmm. last successful entrepreneur <laughs> in the family. And uh, he was bestowed this curse, okay, which was basically like, no one in your family for generations together will ever do as well in business. Oof. That is a curse, okay? And lo and behold, my family is the story of this, this huge, whatever, mini fortune in the 50s being slowly dwindled down, dwindled down, dwindled down. Okay. So, so when, when, when this kind of happened and I was, and I was telling uh, my dad, I'm like, okay, listen, I'm, I'm thinking of this. He's like, no problem. The curse only works for two generations. So it stops with me. I'm like, that's good to know, dad. Okay, so... We are, but um, so you are here to break the curse. I am hoping to break the curse. I I, I must say that uh, uh, I am only feeling confident of it because of my co-founder, who hmm. is like Gautam Ragnath, who was also the CCO of Webchatney, who who's uh, on whose stead I am in this <laughs> podcast. I hope I I live up to your expectations. But um, but. Um, yeah, man, I think I think he's like the master of side hustles, right? Mm -hmm. Like Gotham's been ha has been running like three D two C startups um, over the last five years, oh, wow. um, including this um, this 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 women lifestyle and accessories brand called Everpret. Um, he runs this menstrual cup brand called Gaia and this pet accessories brand called Urban Dog, and he's mm. he's he's been doing the side hustle thing for kind of a long time. So uh, I am glad he's. Um, He's picked talented to be his main hustle <laughs> right now. What is talented? And I want to understand, like you had such a fairly large uh, chunk of your life spent at Web Chutney, right? And attrition is really common in, in agency culture. If you look at the average time that people are spending now at, at one agency, it's one year, it's two years at max, right? Um, A, what made you stay for 10 years? Then after that, you left to start talented. So there must be something integral that must have happened that now I want to start something of my own. What was that? I think um, we kind of, um, we had, like, if I were to ask you, uh, Ayush, like, what are like three or four things that can improve in the agency business, hmm. right? Uh, and we were just talking about it Correct. before we hit record and we kind of had similar things to say, hmm. right? I don't think this is a mystery uh, <laughs> for most of us on what needs to improve. Um, we just plan to do it mm. um, and um, I think there is a we, we want and there are some general as Bernie Sanders would say I have this radical idea and then he'll say something really simple right so right. it's one of those things so um, in terms of how the agency business can improve and we kind of felt that going independent uh, was was the right mm. way to kind of do that uh, specifically like uh, as as like a, a, I think as a founder yourself you kind of know that if, if it feels a little too new, it's better to prototype it first uh, <laughs> and not like impose it on some, you know, a large network with so right. much to lose, right. um, which is why it made sense to kind of start from the ground up. In terms of what those radical ideas are, again, man, like I think we're, um, um, for creative people, especially, I think um, we overall expect three very, very good things from mm. our job. Um, we want to do fantastic creative work um, without feeling that we are underpaid mm, right. and without feeling that we need to burn out. 
Hmm. I don't think eight out of ten creative people have expectations that are outside these three parts. And um, we want to we want to build a company, uh, an agency that can do that fairly successfully. Um, mm. That's what this is. That, so this, so is this trio, right? So this trio is no burnouts, great creative work, and great pay. Um, I want to start with pay, and this is something which so we have tried to make sure that we we do this in our agency as well, which we li- like to not call an agency by the right. way. But uh, you know, we try to offer more than market salaries, but then. Like I'll be very transparent. I I know the the salaries of product companies as well. The like what a fresher designer gets paid in an agency. What a what, what a fresher designer gets paid in a product company. The the difference is huge, right? It's huge for a for a person to actually take money as the sole reason for their shift. Um, and the problem with pay for me started with not me being willing to pay, but me not being able to pay, mm, right? Okay. Because my clients weren't paying me enough. Right. And these are not like smaller companies, right? Like as you work with some of the largest startups in the in the country and even like some bigger conglomerates. Same goes for us. Um, how do, like, do you think the pay thing is something which agencies need to fix or the clients need to understand that they need to pay the agencies better? I think it is on us to make the first move okay okay there is this there's this huge like you know kind of a uh, uh, almost this slightly you know insecure mindset about kind of saying that oh my god like you know uh, tech is taking our people and tech is copying <laughs> our processes and tech is copying our policies and all of that right so if we kind of think about it um, uh, what we kind of, and I'm, and I'm kind of digressing, but I'll get to the point uh, in 30 seconds. But um, what we've all known as like general chill work culture, hmm. okay, which is now considered good corporate policy across companies. Where did that start? It started here. Hmm. Where did the table tennis uh, table <laughs> first get installed it probably got installed in an agency where did people come to work in casuals first they started in an agency right so um, I think we have influenced a very very large part of corporate culture Hmm. uh, which which um, and and which corporate culture honestly like I don't know how much of it is is visibly attributed to us again and but but that is true and now we had to kind of ask us I'm like what are the good ideas that they have going on that we can kind of take up, right? Right. Um, and so the the first thing to kind of start from a very simple point of view on how radical product companies deal deal with attrition from the get go is they kind of bring people in. There is so much more skin in the game uh, in 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 a product led startup than it is in agencies. So, for instance, like agencies overall have been unfamiliar with the concept of ESOPs while working with tons and tons of clients who have it going on on their side and right. it's kind of a you know elephant in the room man kind of a scenario when it comes when it comes to stuff like that right like i was um, i spent like i said about a decade of my life in my previous job right. and when i kind of uh, and when i kind of left I, I left with like, and this is not to blame anyone, this is just the design of things, but what I left with was my legally mandated gratuity, right? So that's, I don't think those are the expectations from people who are, you know, joining our industry today. Um, and, and, and so one of the things that, that we're kind of doing from the ground up is, um, 
is is copying a really really good good idea from tech um, and and infusing uh, what do you say and 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 trying to do esops right in in our company as well um, and we expect like over the next two to three years a significant part of the company like any large tech startup will be employee owned um, it's also kind of telling because if you look at very very large agencies they're all named after their founders yeah <laughs> right um doyle dane burnback ogilvy uh, uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. hagerty all of this so, so the name on the door is also a reflection of how the financial structure of the company is hmm. facebook isn't called zuckerberg yeah for a reason right so i think um, uh, one of the reasons we're also called talented is in in like one smooth way we want to be named after every person in our company uh, <laughs> so uh, and smooth. and in in and you know the whatever the, the the good stuff must be shared so here's you start another agency and in literally as somebody who who's new to the agency world as a founder like i've been very very uh, acclimatized to the agency world as a freelancer but as a founder i'm still like a couple of years into the journey um i realize three things that are happening first thing is the gig economy is increasing at a crazy fast rate right uh, uh we, we'll probably see like a billion gig economy workers over the next uh, couple of decades that's the start second is that there are tools now which makes uh, which are going to make the process of making content really really fast of course not creative ideas that too of course gbd3 is coming which helps you get random thoughts uh, do at least slightly better than average copywriting then there are these companies that are installing content teams in house marketing teams in house i see these three kinds of changes happening in the industry and then i realize why an agency like why aren't agencies dead yet why should we start another agency because you've just started one i started one about a, a year and a half ago why are we doing this and do you think it's dead if not why not i think it's um, it's extremely i think our best days are ahead of us dude um, i have actually been i haven't been more optimistic about um, of course it's in my interest to say this okay <laughs> but, but i've also uh, i've never been I'm actually I'm actually very very optimistic about um what we what we what kind of value we can add mm-hmm. um if we just start chasing slightly different goalposts mm-hmm. with regard to our work um and if we fix our internal policies it's incredible how much how little focus has been given to the way we do things internally mm-hmm. um and and I think our like competitive advantage is going to be for places where people love working always um and if you could have a a company that kind of is the the first version of its product need not be something radical but if it's a great place to work hmm. which which understands what it takes to keep talent motivated and retain talent and all of that it it will just give its talent space to kind of innovate within the company uh that's how companies like netflix have pivoted from one business to the other to the other to the other and all of that right so coming to your first question on um, what do we do about all the tools right right and i'm like <laughs> fucking use them okay let's use them yeah i'd love i mean i was i was um, there's this very interesting product called inspo Uh, which i remember yes, talking to you about yes. earlier uh, started by a uh, by a, a, a fellow 
super ambitious like uh, serial entrepreneur uh, like yourself his name is um, uh, drupad uh, hmm. who was the founder of hyco jam earlier. right right so um, i love inspodor it's basically like it's a it's a google search for inspiration basically and and it's 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 he's he built that and i don't i mean whether i'm a i i'd love it I, 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 for general copywriting, I'd love it. So I don't think these products are trying to take business away from us. They're actually trying to make business better for us. Hmm. So I, I'm, I would be as passionate a customer of, of any of these tools, uh, like Inspo and beyond, right. um, as, as the next person. Um, coming to what you were saying about, about in-housing, right? So uh, I think a better part of my, whatever, like six to nine months last year, was kind of spent on um, asking friends and ex-colleagues who who moved in-house and just trying to understand what their average day is like, pros and cons, what's what's working better, what's not, all of that. Right. And um, because the idea was, we kind of knew that um, the agency that's needed, the creative agency that's needed today, is is not one that has a better version of the agency job, but a better version of the in-house job. Okay. So what can improve in, in for in-house creatives overall? What are they kind of looking for? Um, so lots of pros are A, that you are, you're closer to the information, hmm. you're shooting a little lesser in the dark, uh, you're closer to the metrics and the results and all of that. Um, so, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but you are optimized for error prevention. Correct. In that way, right? Hmm. So. Most of the times when we're in a room, we think we're there for error prevention. Right. <laughs> so we keep giving three options and four options and six options, but we're like, you don't have to do that because there's probably an in-house team that's already giving that second option. Right. There's probably even a third agency partner or a, or a content studio or a bunch of freelancers who are giving those options. You are there because of an external creative risk that wants to be taken by the company. Right. They want someone who doesn't have as much, you know, information and the baggage that comes with information um, to offer them a perspective. So I think that made me a whole lot more aware of why are we going to be in the room now when we are. And Interesting. Um, I, I'm, I, I very openly ask clients who, uh, who have in-house teams, I'm like, why is this brief not something your in-house team is able to take? Hmm. Right. What's 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 the gap? Right. Um, different answers. Sometimes it's expertise. Uh, uh, a lot of in-house teams are still staffed by you know you have a junior writer, junior designer, mid writer, mid designer, but reporting into a marketing head. Right. So you don't have someone who is uh, who has the same level of strategic creative expertise at the top. So stuff like that. So that's one of it is the expertise part. Sometimes the answer is simply that, uh, no man, I think our in-house teams are thinking a little too safe on this, or mm. they, we just want someone without baggage on it, right. and stuff like that. And I'm like, these are great reasons to be in a room. I'm mm. not there because it's process. I'm there as a choice, right? And, and it actually feels very empowering, dude, uh, in, the, in that sense. Um, so that's one part. And secondly, one of the things is, uh, 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 one of the things that's changed um, in the life of an in-house creative is the classic, so when, when agency folks who are creative move to brand side, they move as creative people, eight out of 10 times. 
uh, account managers when they move to the brand side they move as marketing managers right Correct. they don't move as account managers yeah <laughs> so um so the 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 that jd does not exist in an in-house team which means that your creative person doesn't have someone to follow up with them correct right so you are you know given your tasks and you da 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 and you follow up and you stick to your commitment and you do it you do it like a freelancer would right basically right um that a person who does that definitely deserves a premium hmm. someone who doesn't need following up someone who actually sticks to their commitments uh who is not going mia and right. thinking that ha the account manager's job 30% of the job is to follow up i am deciding that uh, you will have to you know put up with my tantrums of like that kind of a creative person does not deserve a premium <laughs> so right. in in this case so what what we're doing at talented to kind of um, figure efficiencies is we have this little phrase called no follow ups hmm. uh which is and it, it kind of comes i mean it's it feels like a slightly jokey silly thing to say but it's actually how we're trying to find efficiencies right okay uh if you were 30 to 35% of um, an account manager's time conservatively from the folks that i've spoken to um say that one third of my day goes in following up imagine yeah. if you could get that time back and i'm not mm. saying delays shouldn't exist i think like i'm the last person to to not ask you for a little more time um <laughs> but ghosting shouldn't exist just saying right. you know you it's your job to do it do, shouldn't exist so um currently in talented ta- following up is part of nobody's job list including account management uh and i think a similar thing what your what you mentioned to me about how you guys were doing it at out was that time can be so can be saved up for what account management is actually supposed to be which is essentially a uh, an agency version of business strategy correct uh and getting closer to the commercial reality of our clients and so on and so forth so i think we get to be these guys who go from you know executing your comms plan hmm. to being very closer to the commercial reality of your clients through a better understanding of what the account management jd is actually supposed to be right that's pretty much what we're trying to do the last point uh from what you mentioned and specifically for creative people this mm. um uh, again I was talking to a friend and i was kind of asking him because this was like kind of couldn't wrap my head around this part right i'm like okay dude you're and she's like doing very well she's working in a fintech startup right now and um uh, uh i was asking her i'm like buddy tell me something what do you do when you get a random idea I'm like okay cool you want to you want to like you know it's something you can do to help world hunger there's something you can do to save this particular species or whatever or save whatever we have like creative people just have ideas in their head so what do you do when you get that and she was like oh i had this really nice idea for this thing and i'm like wow that's great man what did you do with that and she's like oh i just wrote it in my journal and i moved on and I'm like that is such a tragedy dude that 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 is such a tragedy for a creative person right the privilege of this of this business is that if you have a great idea agnostic of brand agnostic of brief it is in our business interest to put that into the real world and i think creative people know when they when they what they feel when they are not able to exercise that and we have to stop that coming at a price um and and i think 
which is why i think the our best days are in front of us how do i tell my team to not do mediocre work like how how does that actually happen in practice um i i think you you probably um and i will 100% have a follow up this of this conversation with the person who you who's job this is in your company right. on this okay so i i i i will give them probably slightly sharper um uh, this thing on 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 this part but i think your job as someone who's probably running the business is to just create a really really conducive environment for that work to happen hmm. uh no obstacles no this thing there is you should it should kind of feel like now all i got to do is do the work so that's that's where i think your and gotham uh, my co-founder is fantastic at that um he he kind of makes you feel like if you're not going to do it here you're going to do it nowhere else right and that's probably where the the business person kind of comes in and your creatives have now seen right uh, how many creative creative campaigns has talented executed Razorpay is one I know. Razorpay and um, Tanishk. We Tanishk, did the right. Mother's Day Correct. film for Tanishk, um, written by uh, uh, by Binayfa Dulani uh, and one of our founding members. Directed by Kopal uh, Naitani, who is part of Super, uh, who's the, who's also the founder of Superfly Films. Um, that and the campaign for Razorpay, which we did with um, Deepak Thomas, who directed it, hmm. uh, from um, Lucifer Circus, which was the production. Both these campaigns, I feel like different things that I like about each. Right, Tanishk, it's so simple, like just one person and the other's voiceover, very simple art. Like from a production standpoint, which I usually the first thing that I look at, I'm like oh, this is extremely simple. The idea is extremely powerful, and 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 when when you see the razor pay campaign, like that Maita Maita tone is still stuck in my head. Like I remember, I was just. chanting that tone again and again with my friends and they were irritated as as hell is like what's so my my point was that probably they didn't get what i was what i was seeing in the campaign which is how is a b2b company marketing like this a jingle in a b2b company it was never heard of so i want to know the entire journey i'm so intrigued i was so fascinated when i saw the campaign using a founder as the face the the mask the over dramatized version of what happens in a company right and smaller creative choices like you chose a very uh, old looking office to show that even even new companies do it the old way like smaller stuff like this which was i'm glad you spotted so that so fascinated right. uh, and i've seen that campaign like a million times now and i, I just kept talking to my company like talking to like my team that we work with so many b2b camp, uh, b2b uh, brands why haven't we pitched this why haven't we pitched something like this i want to know the entire process how do you come up with an idea like this how do you convince a client that yes this jingle is what razor pay needs to put out now how does it happen um i think for both for both the the one person take uh, right. i'm sorry the 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 one the one person framing for uh, tanishk and mm. um for the genre and the treatment of razor pay uh, it's our directors man it's kopal and deepak who right. kind of uh, uh, i I've, i've never been happier to defer to the judgment of of, of directors <laughs> in this case um i think we also like um in in okay so let me just kind of start with um especially on this part like the slightly old looking of it there in deepak treatment note slide 12 or 13 mm. like literally a slide that said this is this is kind of how we wanted etc so i think we kind of um uh, uh 
90% of that credit, 100%. 90% of that credit, 100% goes to them. Yes, what a weird <laughs> sentence. But um, uh, on, on, on Razorpay particularly, I think, uh, I think we kind of discount how much personal accountability matters in our line of work. Okay. Okay. Dude, at, at some point, like, I have to, like, in in I mean Razorpay also like I think the the, the team from the from the get go I think it's this started out as one you know okay cool we need this you know this slightly functional ad that needs to da 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 and it was like no but does it need to be this can it be this can it be this can it be this and I think we kind of uh, where I will kind of credit our teams is we every time we pitched a more creative version of the idea we didn't really make it feel like a rest, less rational version of it. Because the ad still tells you everything that you need to know. There is zero loss in information. And I think, um, I think uh, what uh, uh, the Tanmay Bhatt Marketing uh, Cinematic Universe has done with, with, with a bunch of their work, including Cred, was, it was that. No five seconds, just tell exactly what you want. No fight there. Okay, so there's, I love this little separation of church and state that they kind of did with the, the uh, what do you say, the season two of uh, the cred work as well. Um, so, no, so coming back to this, I, I don't think either party was feeling like they've negotiated badly on what the product needs to be, because everyone was still getting what they kind of wanted. Um, but in terms of like, okay, but you know, why is it a, why did that music try? And it wasn't supposed to be a soundtrack. Uh, it was supposed to be voiceover, which Deepak, like Deepak read the, the script for the voiceover and he's like, this will be great as a song. And, he's, and we're like, dude, that's, that's brilliant. And he's like, okay, cool. And the song was the last thing we saw. So up until like the third version of the offline, there was no song. We were actually seeing it as, as voiceover. And then the song came in and we're like, okay, now this is a earworm type piece. Okay, we get it. But to answer your question of, is there a, is there a trick to this is, um, I mean, I hate, I, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, I'd actually say fortunately, there's a good thing. It's personal accountability, dude. It is a bunch of us saying, trust me on this. It, is, it was Benaifer telling her team at Tanish, trust me. Hmm. And, some, and someone else saying in Razorpay, trust me. And I, I think we don't take ourselves seriously enough to say that more often. And we don't understand what to do when we go wrong. I have more logistical questions as well. Like, for example, when you write like a jingle or a song, um, does it happen on the, like when you're writing the campaign? Because you said in this case, it didn't happen. Yeah. So now I'm intrigued to know, how did it not happen? Because uh, a song is written very differently from a voiceover. Was the voiceover already poetic in nature that, uh, like, it was able, it was easier yeah, to convert? Yeah, it was one rhyming voiceover. It was one rhyming voiceover. It was one rhyming voiceover. Hmm. Which he kind of, there is a certain silliness to advertising jingles, dude. Like it's not. <laughs> I, that's why the the reason they call it jingle and not lyrics is uh, it's a kind of a jab, right? <laughs> it's like, I mean, it it, it it is silly, right? Like, and and that I think that's what makes it like stay in your head. Like, like in the razor pad, you say okay, okay, randomly. Like some person random voice saying okay, okay. Like I was like, what is this? But that part just stuck with me. Like today, if I remember it. And I don't remember any other ad. There's something right with it, right? Look, because retention is is incredible in advertising. Another thing is uh, is again more logistical in nature. You said that after the offline, you realize that this is a song. Now my question is, and it's a very crude question: uh, budgeting of the campaign is done way before, and adding a song 
asking the music producer and probably like another the writer must have had to work on the campaign again uh, this adding days adding time adding commercials do you re- renegotiate with the company or do you like no because we took the creative freedom and the creative lead on this we'll make sure that we like it happens there um case by case of course but in this case i think primarily please make sure that your production partners get a good budget hmm. i think it starts there um because like for instance dude in, in, to take the tanishk example the very classical you know those who excel at the at the uh, don't suck at mediocrity mantra would probably be like ha so then your production is not going to be too extensive no it's only one camera it's only one frame so we kind of look at it as like the volume of of things and if we're like if it if you need more money like where am i seeing this money on the screen show me the money put some cg into it that's how you get in <laughs> so i'm like that's such a ah oh. i think i think um uh, uh, the fact that like you know we uh, the fact that uh superfly and copal didn't have to say that okay because i'm only shooting one person um i don't i i only need half of the budget of the original and because that kind of a conversation never really happened we were able to do the voice over with five different people by the way in the tanish film um if you've seen it the person who's done the voice over is actually gautam really yeah gautam did the final voice over <laughs> Oh wow because is... because we had like four or five different um people kind of come in and and try out and we were kind of like you know what like because dude like Gotham is that person like he is he is actually like you know he's a he is an ally uh um he's a proud ally and like i think when benai bini benai for she goes by bini uh when bini was kind of writing the script as well she was like yeah i picture gotham as this other guy <laughs> right so we were like he's got a baritone like if gotham and ayush had been if gotham and ayush had been doing this voice over guys it would sound a whole lot better than my croaky voice but um, but yeah he's got a lovely little baritone and uh, so so he and i went and recorded here in in indranagar somewhere and um, oh man and and uh, so it's him as the final one but we were able to just focus on craft a whole lot more because we didn't have those kind of constraints um so primarily yes please we should do a better job of fighting for better budgets for our production partners mm. um and and which meant also in resupay deepak didn't have to worry about whether it was budgeted for a jingle or an overall not because it wasn't like it wasn't done in one manner where it was like this this particular deliberate it it didn't kind of function in that right. secondly i think and probably the the more important part also is um Deepak and myself and Benifer spoke to each other directly. We did mm. not need a con call with six different people to kind of now you come in now you come in can you hear me right. are you on mute. <laughs> like it wasn't that kind of a setup and I I my my sense is mostly if 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 we ensure that we're operating in high trust environments mm. shit like this gets easier. So uh we're just talking about some really cool campaigns that you get inspired from or you've liked and one thing which we do in the company is a thing called a green book and how we treat it as it's an excel sheet notion document google document where you curate the best content that you see online i like i'm of i'm of a big belief that what you consume is what you make uh, if you consume great campaigns great content you will end up producing great great content um i want to understand what are some top 3 4 campaigns that you love or you have loved 
uh, and I want to segregate it into two parts. One is in India, and another is internationally. Of course, I think recently, uh, dude, Danzo has been doing consistently good work. Uh, I think I I really like uh, a lot of the stuff that they're doing, especially how they've they've managed to figure how and see these are the these are the uh, I think I think the uh, the value of doing the same thing that you would do on social, but do it on print, and it just gets that level of crazy um, gravity. Uh, associated with it, so Danzo's print work, especially, has been really good. Um, I know their the in terms of their TV work with uh, what they did with the with uh, the, f- uh, the fridge uh, before that, even mm. what they did with uh, what do you say um, the Tariq pe Tariq piece and mm. with uh, the late Puneet Rajkumar and uh, all of that. I think they've, they've uh, Danzo's got a really good energy going around. Um, the fact that their marketing is now something to kind of look forward to, and that takes time to build. And uh, I think they've 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 done it. I, I think a large part of it was kind of done in house. And if I if I know right, um, uh, they partnered with this agency called Humor Me for the last campaign, uh, which was the 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 fridge uh, the fridge right. Kulkarni one. And like the, like I remember the like. Yeah, I think the general like internet was very divided about oh your understanding of what's in a fridge is so weird like what do I do about the half cut lemon and what do I do about this and that and this is too exaggerated and so that kind of reminds me of so there's this one um, uh, podcast called uh, the unfiltered CMO check it out whenever and there was okay. this one person who comes on that I think this is one episode called why does the peddler sing Okay, uh, and I'm I'm forgetting the name of, of of the guest, and I think this was based on a book he wrote called Why Does the Peddler Sing, where basically this is a a, a huge ad veteran um, in in the UK or in Australia, if I'm not wrong, who was basically talking about the value of advertising as entertainment. And the Why Does the Peddler Sing is basically a metaphor, like like peddlers, like those who right. come on the on the street. They're singing their products. They're, they're, they, they want to entertain you to kind of get out of the house and be like, okay, what are you selling, right? So intrinsically, the value of, 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 of entertainment and what entertainment is supposed to be is at the core of all things that we do. And his argument was that, yeah, then we've, we've gone into this, you know, under this, this guise of problem solving, we've kind of lost what how entertaining we're actually supposed to be and we're all peddlers and we need to sing that was basically the the idea and uh, i was also like i mean as i mean i i, I think like I, do you get jealous of great work of course same here <laughs> so doesn't? yeah so like I, I after like a healthy week of being like super jealous about what is this like why is everyone talking blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then like and obviously you form this internal monologue with uh, the fact that yes, of course. What will they do about that half lemon? What will they do about this? Correct, correct. This campaign is not a done zone. <laughs> so you get into that zone. And then I was walking down Indranagar with my wife on Sunday, and um, um, we were we were headed somewhere. And she saw one of those uh, fridge obituary banners. Okay, and it, it's it's um, near Empire uh, in in Indranagar, and she had no context. And um, uh, she's a teacher. Mm. And uh, she, in fact, just stopped and she laughed and she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, look at that. Okay. And I'm like, and she takes out her phone 
and throughout this time i'm silent i'm like i am just observing consumer behavior <laughs> let me not <laughs> whatever let me not influence this and she took her phone out and um, clicked a picture forwarded it to her like family groups etc and she is like haha that's so funny right and we kind of walked on and then i'm like yeah you know what that is that's like that's dunzo's campaign and uh, etc and all of that and then i'm like dude that, that's it just pe- that's just people being entertained like and i'm like we got to we got to simplify this stuff sometimes so i think dunzo's done a good job of 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 gently keeping their work entertaining um and um i think uh, for all that's been said about um creds criticism on the other hand is like a bunch of the youtube comments is you guys should just be a marketing company whatever and there's a lot of this thing about oh are the creds points good as does the product really live up to its advertising stuff like that all that's going on but um i think the advertising definitely has done its job of making the company generally be talked about that's that's i i think a lot of companies would want that for themselves so um uh, so i i i i hope at some level like the product starts making sense on a regular basis for a large number of users all of that but um but but yeah the marketing has done its part the agency we keep talking about at talented um a lot is uncommon nils leonard who's their um, who's their creative head is my biggest man crush uh <laughs> since the last year year and a half he's also been on uncensored cmo and on black t-shirts the podcast that i was talking to you about um i think uh, uh and he like dude so so this is a guy, i think we generally i want to answer a question that you were asking off camera a little earlier with regard to design okay and um do the designers who work in advertising today mm. feel like they are as you know um as consequential in the design world as those who are working on products right and i think that is a response to the fact that the way we have approached digital marketing and has been in a very kind of a way <laughs> right and that's how we've all gone about it right. uh, and that means that you need a funny line on a blue background but it needs to be exactly half an hour after that news has been announced that's what moment marketing is about moment marketing and craft are at opposite pillars of the spectrum think about that for a second the most of the work most of the work that you have um, covered on general internet publications etc is work that is well timed but zero on craft that's the animal we have created okay and i think the and and at the core of it um uh, the emphasis on craft needs to slightly has to return uh, into our way of work. i think copal's vision to kind of shoot the entire tanishk film with one person is a craft decision deepak's decision to do 3d printing on these masks after trying five different materials and like saying no you know what will convert this voice over to this is a craft decision right so um a lot of times it, an uncommon does a fabulous job of, of of he's the industry craft jury chair at canlion this year so obviously right so um i think we need to over, like the the difference between a lot of um 
uh, internet thinking agencies who are not able to break this glass ceiling to ask themselves, am I capable of doing work that doesn't originate on digital? That's actually a question about craft. It's, it's not a question about, you know, about much else other than, other than actually craft. And the more we prioritize craft, the, the sooner we shatter that glass ceiling. Interesting. And just, just for the audience, what we were talking about before, a lot of these, these really groundbreaking campaigns start offline yeah. and they may not get the traction offline, but that story is now being sold online. Absolutely. And I really like it because, and, and just the campaigns that we're talking about, the Dunzo campaign, the TV, the, the newspaper ads that I really love, I got to see them on Instagram. Correct. Same goes for Razorpay's uh, campaign with, with Aves or Ankur or, um, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the Ragini. Ragini. Um, all of them I saw on Twitter, not on like I, I don't have a newspaper subscription. I don't remember the last time I held a newspaper. So when 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 on the day the ad came out, uh, I was like excited, right? Like our first print ad from <laughs> Talented and all of that. Yeah. And um, so I I go to like so I live in Indranagar and I and I walk up to my nearest uh, chai store and I'm like, do you have the Economic Times? He's like, no. So I walk, walk up somewhere, do you have the economic times? No. So then I take a rick, I go till Tipsandra, okay, right. and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm like, I literally tell my rickshaw driver, I'm like, sir, just take me to a newspaper stall, that's all I want. <laughs> and I finally find one. And so, um, no, you're right, dude. So this, this thinking of, of um, so there was this one client uh, who deserves all the credit for at least our, uh, the way, for, for helping us articulate what this is. His name is... Um, is Aviral Avasti. He used to be our client at Uber uh, when we were at Web Chutney. Uh, this was about four, four and a half years ago. And one of the things he said st stuck with us ever since. He's like, great social isn't what is created on social. It's whatever ends up on social. Hmm. Right? I think this is, this is a tweet. This is tweet of the, I'm going to tweet this today. That this, <laughs> this is the peak because and sorry to interrupt you, but like, I think this, this has stayed with me. Like you, you, you told me this about an hour ago. This, right. this has stayed with me so much that this is one thing that I want to shout for next one week to my team that right. when you're planning a social strategy, uh, can we now plan it differently? Can we now not make th everything originate from social itself? Because this opens so many doors. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I think there's a, uh, that's, I'll, 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 uh, talk a little about how Gotham phrases this. He's like, it's not a print ad as much as a print-led viral opportunity. It's not a TV ad as much as a TV-led viral opportunity, right? So if, imagine all parts of your marketing as furniture in the living room, mm. right? Uh, internet is the television mm. and all of the other furniture is somehow pointing at it. Where <laughs> so far, you're this thing. Everything points towards your TV, right? right? So it's not like it doesn't exist, but this is how you know. So Interesting. I think if, if, we, uh, uh, companies like yours and companies like ours, I think we're able to kind of, we say like, this is the world that we kind of come from. So we can do earned media. We can do earned media very, very, very well. Um, while also kind of having, um, having the ad, if for someone who's actually seeing it on a paper and not tweeting about it, the ad needs to work fantastic. Like I'm sure there are 90% of the people who saw the Dunzo ad weren't the ones who tweeted about it. Yeah. But it worked just as well for them. So, yeah. What's, what's the long-term vision with Talented? Uh, 
like in in this goes to the very core of why you started but yeah what do you want this to be known as what are we doing uh 100 incredible ideas 100 incredible ideas like why do you use like a static uh, number like 100 why why not a it's, it's just fun <laughs> just fun to look at it that way it's very tough dude to create 100 pieces of incredible work i've, I've seen like if if over the last 10 12 years like if i would ask you like tell me an incredible piece of work that i would have done so far hmm. uh, uh not taking any, anything away from the team but i'm sure we can all count what we feel is incredible work in all our teams on right. on our fingers right Correct. um we create 100 incredible ideas i don't think it's something that creative i don't think creative people are looking for something smart and complicated and they want their portfolio to be the vision of the company right that's it like 100 great ideas means hopefully hundreds and hundreds of people getting to do so many pieces of work i don't think it'll even happen in my lifetime now that you put it that way i i think 100 is not a big number now because this actually it's true uh, in fact like this something which which we talked about that let's look at a traditional agency and like a big agency and see the the campaigns that have actually stood out and they have all the workforce that they could they have all the clients that they, they that that one could possibly have and still the yeah, number of yeah can they name 100 i don't think i don't think most agencies can can name yeah what even if you were to look at filmographies right like isn't that how like generally like people who practice higher art forms right yeah. filmmakers musicians that's how they look at their work i'm i've done my 50th film i've done my 75th album yeah. I don't know if I I mean see it depends on how we want to like what qualifies as something that is deserves to be a part of the 100 mm. that's where the fun comes in <laughs> so I think a lot of agencies have this culture of especially the large ones they do have a culture of internal awards mm. right that does exist but it's kind of done in one general let us let us appease each other kind of a way but I think there's something actually very powerful over there um uh, uh, and and like the idea is to obviously not get very pedantic about it but our portfolio is really all we need for a vision right do you actually need anything else other than to say that develop a ridiculously good portfolio i'm whether that portfolio is it's very likely that as we keep doing more work as we know about in our line of work better work means better clients means better budget so i don't need to have those as the actual things mm. my job is to actually just to build the bloody reel makes sense and so as as we are coming to the end i want to actually talk about something which is more on a on the client side right uh this is something which i brainstorm a lot on which is where does a great marketing campaign starts and i feel the answer to this question we've already done which is everybody needs to take that accountability on every front like it can't be just one person saying that i will produce the best it it has to happen on every single Correct. vertical but a great marketing campaign also starts with a great brief correct now here like two questions a i've seen a great brief sometimes in my opinion used to be something which is whether the person knows exactly what they want but listening to you today i see that and and i also believe this a lot of good creative work comes from iterations right so now now i'm confused now mm-hmm. should the person initially know exactly what they want or should they not know what they want 
and just trust the process of iterations understood understood um there's this term um that we've seen ourselves do over mm. a long time which we were kind of like which we kind of like recognize that oh my god we're really good at that part right um it's called client building okay okay it's like brand building <laughs> but it's for clients okay right? um i think one of the like this is what great account management also does as part of their jobs which is we build great clients um we treat if, if the clients who we love and who we who we who we actually believe is rare talent talent in the marketing world we treat them like the special snowflake that they are um and and we want the best for them dude like if if and if that means that you know doing something that uh like doing something in a slightly different way because they know that that's how it's going to work in their organization or to like cheer them on when they get promoted and party together when good things happen to them or even help them find their next job whatever that's right. like the beauty of our line of work is that we're actually able to champion incredible clients um i think a a, a large part of this is not a one size fits all answer but to actually look at whether we take client building really really seriously because we know in our line of work that uh if a client moves three jobs over 10 years but sure he will 100% uh want to work with the people who they know know their medical history mm. and know and 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 who kind of take that journey together we were talking a little earlier about uh, fernando machado um, right. who's who's known to be like the world's biggest creative marketer right and um, also like one of the biggest champions of agency client partnerships as like you know, we know it yeah as as we know it and to be like the recipe of like incredible success um i'm sure like the way that fermachado would work in terms of like he says he is really good at briefing but we don't know if he's really good at writing a brief or talking about it hmm we don't know if some clients might 100% prefer to have an incredibly good conversation over putting something down on paper as such uh some clients would do open briefs because they know that that's what they actually expect from their agency and take it fairly seriously when great things kind of come out of that right right um a lot of times i think the the skills that we need to develop is 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 asking ourselves like what does a high trust equation with this person look like with this particular client kind of look like interesting um and uh, uh when account management is freed up from this bullshit follow up part of their job this is the kind of stuff they actually get to focus on dude to actually be able to say you know what i know we prefer written briefs but i know for this person she prefers to do it in this way and it will work trust me let's do it so that i don't think we say trust me enough a lot of times you know across like how many times has a person said trust me and we've all been like okay i actually do trust you and it kind of happens so um yeah i i personally don't have a one size fits all answer to that part mm. but i kind of believe and and i mean like uh, let this be the 75th 75000th time that piyush pande is quoted in a podcast about <laughs> um about advertising but uh, yeah he actually believes in this you know get to know get to know your client get to actually know your client and that's what it's kind of about and that's the privilege of our work dude we actually get to do that very well um so one of the ideas were in fact like and i hope we manifest this mm. over the next 2 to 3 years but um 
to actually like identify great marketing talent from the time they're graduating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know what's stopping a creative agency from going to, let's say, a MICA or any other MBA school, an ISB, etc., and just like meeting great potential marketing talent, making a shortlist and being like, you know what, these five people in this batch are terrific. Um, we don't know what your what your general futures are going to be, uh, but it's fairly likely that you know over the next uh, uh, in the first few years of your career. You might not have great power in the organizations that you're in, etc. Uh, but here's here's something you can tell them: 50 hours of time from talented's best minds will be at your service for the first couple of years. Use it as you please. We believe in you. We think you're going to be a great marketer. Shit like that that we need to do, wow. probably to start with. It's a uh, it's a really cool example of our business being a people's business. Right. Um, and and the reason, like my belief in this, my belief in this stays strong because um, a lot of time people go to tools to get things done, but eventually slide back to people because oh. they don't feel that comfort. Right. right. The ability to not being able to function like a robot at all times, which oh. is giving things a proper way. And I'll I'll just take this conversation back to the initial question, which is writing the perfect brief. Um, it comes down to trust and I firmly believe in it. I think that's one thing, like our core mission vision statement just lies on creative trust. Can you think in the best interest of the person who is sitting in front of you? The moment you start doing that, trust develops inherently. And I think that's, there's nothing more that I believe in the creative industry that if, if you can say trust, uh, if you say that, trust me, and the other person actually believes it, you've done your job. Like that's your job done beautifully well because it. I, I feel it. It inculcates everything. Mm-hmm. Like, because if you don't do good creative work, trust will never be developed, right? So it inculcates a great creative work. It inculcates great communication, not ghosting, actually solving the other person's problem, and not like a lot of times. I've also feel like creatives get just in their own minds and, and deliver something which doesn't solve a business problem. That's also something which I see in a lot of like creative agencies that uh, while they do great creative work, it never solves the business problem. So I think all of this comes down to trust. So nothing more that I've believed more in, in this entire journey. Um, oh, t- tell me an irrational fear that you have. Could, could be personal, could be professional. Um, irrational fear. It's a very, I have a lot <laughs> of rational fears. Um, I think I need to get better with research myself. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times I kind of, I believe that my creative process is, research is not an intrinsic part of my creative process. Mm. And I think that is scary. Uh, Because a lot of times I think I'm, I think it's this this general, like it'll come. Kind of a, kind of a, kind of a thing is, 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 is a little scary. Um, I don't know if um, there are a lot of pre- creative people who have kind of done this, but I, okay, actually before before that point, um, I've often wondered if I am not, if I don't have a very specific ideological worldview, um, and that's why I don't, my self-image is not that of an artist. Okay. At all. Okay. okay. Um, 
and I think a lot of times, like the Niels Leonard, who we were kind of mm. speaking about a little earlier, right? I think his self-image is an artist. Interesting. So um, a lot of great, great advertising folk uh, today. I think, uh, especially the ones who do great on craft, etc. Right? If you ask them what they would be doing if they weren't doing this, they'd be doing something that puts them deeper into the artistic world, a whole lot, <laughs> right? And I think, like, I'm a failed film director from college. Okay. <laughs> so and uh, like so so I think so. My journey into advertising comes from this slightly. Uh, career negative perspective of saying you couldn't make it in films. Mm. So I think in my own head, I have this little thing of I've kind of antagonized what it means to be an artist so that I can feel a little better about myself. I've, I've kind of looked at artists as generally being troublemakers and like, you know, people who can't like, you know, this thing. But uh, and that's just to make myself feel better, right, for the inner monologue. But on the other hand, I do know for a fact that everything that we've spoken about today, including craft, including actually having a very, very visible worldview, doesn't come if you don't kind of identify that way. So, yeah, let's see. Session three of therapy. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I think we've come to the end of this podcast. Great. And I want to give now you the asking opportunity. Okay. If you had to ask me a question, like could be anything, could be personal, professional, about you, about anything, uh, what would that question be? Where does all this hustle come from, dude? Hmm. If I can just expand on that question a little bit. Okay. Yeah, or actually, okay. why don't you give me your first round of no, the answer no, no, and no, I'll go, have a follow-up. Um, huh? I mean, I have a fairly long answer, but no, no, you go, okay. go ahead with the question first. Um, no, so I think, so I started working at 17. Hmm. Okay, so like, bunch of odd jobs and all of that. And um, um, worked a bunch through college, stuff like that. And um, I think, and I remember actually feeling like an exception at that point. Um, and that was the kind of a self-pat on the back kind of a thing, right? Um, but I think in, in, in uh, uh, the people around you, the folks your age right now, so many of you are doing this. Yeah. Like you're, the great thing is you're not an exception. Yeah. Right? And um, how are you kind of dealing with, and I remember you telling me a little earlier that it's very hard to think, you know, generally long term about that, etc. So, how do you deal with questions like that? How do you deal with your own um, toxic productivity monologue a little bit? <laughs> you have a house where three rooms of your house are production setups uh, <laughs> overall. So, uh, yeah, what's what's OK? So um, like since like 12 or 13, I've just been into this. Um, initially, it came from two things. One was I was extremely jealous of these kids who were getting opportunities that I wasn't because I came from a small town and it was very close to Delhi. I used to go to Delhi and I used to see these kids being able to communicate better than I could. They, they used to play these sports that I never had the chance to even step into. And I was just extremely jealous that why, why can I not do this? What have I done wrong? I go to school every day. I am a nice kid. I study a lot. Why, why am I being devoid of these opportunities that these guys are getting? I was extremely jealous, so it came out of jealousy. That, okay, internet is one thing which, which unites the both of us. Which means if I excel in this area, we start on ground zero together. Right? 
um so we get that privilege is common so i was able to uh, that's why i i capitalized on the digital business and and internet because that that brought the both of us on ground zero so jealousy led to this second was money was always a big part of my life um like i've i come i come from a fairly good background where uh, i never thought of food on the table or roof on the head but i saw my family struggle definitely like a lot like they didn't like account like good account managers don't let the struggle come to the creative team like great parents they didn't let the struggle come to us as kids but i always saw that money has led or money has uh always been like a big part of like problems in our life and a lot of like middle class folks money's big so these two things uh i didn't want to be in a place where i'm devoid of opportunities i didn't want a glass ceiling in my life ever if i want to do something i i should have the potential to do everything um so yeah, these two things initially started off then the narrative came to be uh now another three four things one was i was really enjoying it mm-hmm. because hustle as much as now it's being the toxic hustle culture i really don't believe in it uh, like if you're enjoying it then how is how is it toxic if you don't enjoy it then everything is toxic so i was enjoying not every part of it but like a good majority part of it so it gave me that satisfaction second is it does give you rewards how does it not give you rewards today i'm sitting with you because probably i wrote a message to gotham and he replied to it it came with a simple ask right and i'm getting to learn so much from you and from other entrepreneurs as well like today i'm interviewing one more founder mm-hmm. next week i'm interviewing another founder the ability this these are all rewards which are really value like getting your time is extremely valuable so i think people don't look at the long term picture which is that 2 3 years of hustle will definitely get you rewards okay. and these are rewards that i want mm-hmm. so yeah now i enjoy it now i i enjoy the rewards as well and uh, now it's become part of who i am mm-hmm. i love to work uh there are days of course where where i feel extremely low where i feel like oh we feel fomo mm-hmm. right which is like a new part of our like pop culture but i think it's okay uh like i think i've accepted this life mm-hmm. and i like this life i love this life in fact and now of course i've crossed that level of that i've achieved some financial freedom so if i feel like fuck it i can't deal with this you take a flight to goa you you take a 3 day trip and you chill mm-hmm. and then you realize oh, i can't live this life i have to go back to that life so so yeah i think uh, now i've just i'm too acclimatized to it that i started loving it so yeah <laughs> thank you so much for taking out the time i i think there were, there were so many like nuggets of wisdom for anybody who runs an agency more on a subjective front as to how to approach the agency life because i think you have lived your life uh like a good chunk of your life in an agency and one of the leading ones in india right and now that you're starting another agency and, and it takes me back to the conversation of should you even start an agency i think after this conversation i was in a very very i was in a state where i was, I was like no agency nobody should start an agency to a state where start an agency but with a slightly different mindset be open to taking things from people and companies that are doing better mm-hmm. like corporate took from agency the chill culture why don't we take from them the skin in the game culture the ability to offer better working hours five day work weeks all of that i think i'm taking a lot from this podcast and i feel anybody who runs an agency and i know a lot of folks of starting agencies uh, like small five people 10 people agencies will learn a lot from this so thank you so much for <laughs> doing this pleasure to be here and it this is also so 
the play the uh, the the uh, apartment complex where Ayush lives is also <laughs> the place where I used to live about four or five years ago. So uh, it was nice coming back here <laughs> as well. So, but but yeah, very dude, like in, very very impressed by the kind of stuff that you're doing, and uh, yeah, I think I I can't wait to see how you want to kind of shape the next few years. Thank you so much. <laughs> Perfect. Hey guys, if you like this video, do comment down below कि और किस किस guest को हम इस podcast और इस show पर ला सकते हैं and do like and hit the subscribe button. This really really helps the YouTube algorithm suggest this video on the top. Thank you so much and I'll see you all in the next one.